Thank you for listening to the Coal Mine Podcast. This is David Cole from Dallas, Texas, and it's October 2022. I have three guests this week, and they are the three Cole children still at home with us. Cecilia, a senior at the local high school, Camden, a freshman there, and Casey, who's in seventh grade. Their older brother, Caleb, is away at college and could not join us. We talk about three legal issues of the day involving local schools. First, the regulation of the content in school libraries, in particular the book Mouse. Second, school dress codes. And third, the new Texas law about the display of posters that show the national motto. I hope you like our discussion as much as we enjoyed doing it and that you appreciate hearing some fresh perspectives on the issues of the day. Please introduce yourself. How old are you, where you're in school, and anything you'd like to share about yourself? We'll start with you. Hello, my name is Cecilia, and I'm a senior in high school. Uh, My name is Camden Cole. I'm 14, going on 15. I attend Highland Park High School. I am a freshman, and something you should know about me is in a men's health survey conducted in 2017, I was voted the best Cole sibling. (laughs) (laughs) I am Casey. I am in seventh grade. I am 12. And another fun fact is that Camden has a big nose. All right, well, now we've got that settled down. Let's talk about school libraries. We have two folks here that go to Highland Park High School, one still over at the Highland Park Middle School. Ceci and Camden, tell me about your high school library. What's it like? Do you use it? Oh, it's really big. They have these really funky-looking couches that you can go sit on. I use it a lot. In comparison to the middle school library, uh, I had a hard time finding it. I now use it to navigate my way to the debate classroom. My library is big, and I use it every once in a while. So I have here a visual aid for our podcast today. I have a book, hardcover, The Complete Mouse, M-A-U-S. It's a graphic novel about the Holocaust. It uses illustrations of animals to illustrate the treatment of the Jews by the Third Reich during World War II. The Tennessee School Board, at the start of the school year, voted to remove this book from the school libraries in that district because, and these are its words, the book had swear words in it. All of you have looked through the book, at least. If you haven't read it all the way through, you're at least familiar with what it says. What's your view about what that Tennessee school board voted to do? Let's start with Camden. Uh, So I've read all of Mouse, start to finish, and in my opinion, should be taught in classrooms. It's a perfect explanation of both the Holocaust and the effect on its survivors. It deals with a lot of mature themes, including the the author's mother's suicide is mentioned throughout the novel. To ban it for curse words is perhaps the dumbest reason to even think about banning Mouse. And the reason they're going after Mouse instead of, let's say, Night by Elie Vassell is because this book, it's a graphic novel with mouses in it, and if you ban, like, Night by Elie Vassell, it's very clear what you're trying to do, but you can ban this because of, like, the suicide themes and the fact that it's not entirely exclusively about the Holocaust. But anyone who wants to ban this book, just not okay to do it. Casey, you had your hand up. I'd say that it's pretty unreasonable to, to be banning this book because because I agree with Camden on multiple points. It is clear that, that they're trying to ban it not because it has, has swear words, but because it mentions the Holocaust. Sessie, how about you? I have not read the book, but it's pretty obvious why they're trying to ban it instead of swear words, which is a pretty silly reason to ban a book because heaven forbid the kids look at some vulgarities in their school library. To be fair to the Tennessee School Board to try to see things from their point of view, I think what they would say if, if asked that they represent the taxpayers of that district. The taxpayers paid for the school, they paid for the library, Shouldn't the taxpayers get a voice in what's in there and what people can read? I think that they're not the ones using the library, and they shouldn't get to decide what is or is not appropriate for someone to read 
these taxpayers also pay for the roads. Why can they not dictate who's allowed to drive on it? These taxpayers pay for the police. Why can't they order an arrest from it? Just because your tax dollars have any funding, it does not make you the end-all, be-all on this issue. How about you, Casey? Mm, no comment. You guys are a lot more connected to this than I am. Does it matter anymore? Does it really matter what's in school libraries when you can get pretty much any book known to man on the internet? Let's start with Casey and go around. No, it does not really matter because, like like you've said, it can you can just go on the internet and look look for it. I respectfully disagree with you, Casey. I think it very much does matter, even if you can get it from the internet. Not only do you have to pay for books on the internet, some kids might not be able to afford books from the internet. Then the library is free to use. And just to add on to what Cecilia is saying, this is the first steps towards censorship. Oh, we don't want this book because of curse words. And then next up, our history textbooks. Oh, we don't really like how they mention the KKK in such an unfavorable light. Oh, we don't really like how they mention the Holocaust so virgulate. This is the beginning steps towards censorship of proper access to history books. The library is meant to be an access of information of all kinds. You can go there and you can read about anything. You can read about the world being flat. You can read about global cooling. And Casey, having heard what your siblings have to say about potential difficulties of getting books on the internet. Does that change your view about whether censorship is a big deal or do you still think it's a little less important given the availability of books on the internet? Well, I'd still argue that even if some kids still don't have access, most of them do, and they could just simply borrow the books from other libraries. Let's talk about another issue, this time one that we saw in North Texas at the start of this school year. The school district Forney ISD, which is just down the road on the other side of Dallas from here, said that for this school year, they were going to have a new dress code policy. The two features in particular, number one, no clothing with hoods, such as hoodies, jackets, coats, etc., may be worn inside the building at any time. And the second relevant part of it said that dresses, skirts, and skorts are allowed for pre-K through fourth grade students only. That got a lot of attention when that policy was announced, and I wanted to get you guys' thoughts about that. Let's start with Camden and work our way around the table. So first of all, I'm going to start with the hoods thing. That is just screwing over people in the winter. And let's say you've already purchased a jacket. A poorer person can't afford to go buy like a sweater. Can't do that. That's screwing them over. And it's just for no reason. The next up, dresses, skirts, and skorts. I've read up a little bit about this. So I'm aware they did this because they were trying to show women the empowerment of the workplace. And you wear pants when you go to your job. But the thing is, in order to properly empower a woman, why not let them wear what they want? And this is just a form of censorship, as we discussed previously. Sussie, what do you think about that, particularly about the dresses, skirts, and skorts? Because that's a little closer to your heart than it is to Camden's. Most of the kids in the high school live in hoodies. And why didn't they ban sweaters? Those are big. And the dresses thing is, if they want to empower a woman, this is the exact opposite way to go. Because dresses, skirts, and skorts are like a major sign of femininity. And to like ban those is doing... is dispowering woman because I don't wear dresses or skirts that often but every time I want to do like a important presentation I put on a dress because it makes me look more professional instead of just everyone wearing the suits all the time it's a way of expression they're trying to ban it Casey how about you you enjoy a good hoodie every now and then I agree with Camden on the fact that what if it's like winter time certain clothes for certain times also I try to see things through the school lenses it's just that it doesn't make sense because I feel like this is sending the wrong message being like, you can't wear what you want to wear. 
Now, having examined this particular code, let's step back for a second. I think they're motivated by questions of security and questions of trying to create a favorable atmosphere for education in the school. Maybe they didn't get this exactly right, but the concept of a dress code, I think, is motivated by good ideas. Are there ways that some of the goals that, that Forney seemed to be trying to get at in this code could be done with a code worded differently or that address different things? Camden, let's start with you and go around again. We shouldn't go to school with our private bits hanging out and we shouldn't go dressed as clowns. There are certainly better ways to handle this more respectfully. The no clothing with hoods, how about no hoods on in school? How about don't wear your hoods in the summertime? Stuff like that. The dresses, skirts, and skorts, you just fundamentally can't do something like that. I understand what they're attempting to achieve there, but you just can't do that without it seeming as though it's an attack. On the, uh, the hoodie issue, it sounds like you might be in favor of what the law may call a less restrictive means of achieving that. Mm, absolutely. Uh, that's what we have at HP is a less restrictive means. You're just, you are allowed to wear a hoodie. You just can't have the hood on in school because disguise is who you are. It's a security issue. That makes a lot more sense than just outright banning them. So that's how about you? Adding on to what Camden said, uh, for the skirts, dresses, and skirts thing, they could, be, it could, they could change the rule to be like, you can't wear a skirt that's this length. You can only wear a skirt that's like the, to your knees or something. That's what they do at Highland Park. So people can't walk around in mini skirts, but they can wear just like regular skirts. Casey, how about you? I'd say a dress code is important, but you should be more specific. And it should be, as Camden was saying, uh, what's it called again? Uh, less restrictive. Less restrictive means. Uh, we have a new law. This was enacted, actually, I think a school year ago, but the pandemic, people weren't on campus and nobody really noticed it. So it didn't really get attention until the beginning of this school year. And I'm just going to read what it says. It's section 1004 of our education code, and it says, A public elementary or secondary school or an institution of higher education must display in a conspicuous place in each building of the school or institution, a durable poster or framed copy of the United States national motto, In God We Trust, if it is donated for display at the school or institution, and it goes on to say, contain a representation of the United States flag centered under the national motto and a representation of the state flag, and may not depict any words images, or other information other than these representations. Again, referring to the motto and the two flags. Seth, what's your view about this law and different ways that people may be reacting to it around Texas? Okay, so first off, of all things they're making laws about, this is one they choose to pass. I'm questioning their decision-making choice. Second off, from a purely aesthetic standpoint, this is a really boring-looking decoration. I'm not quite sure why they decided to go through with it, and this is like mild propaganda to put a giant In God We Trust signs with national flag on it. These posters, the one in South Lake was rejected because this phrasing was in Arabic and there were rainbows on it. Sessie's right, this shouldn't be our priority. Failing electric grid and we have winter coming up. We need to be focusing on that. We shouldn't be wasting our time with this. Okay, so you're on a different campus. You have different walls. Do you have a different view on this law and the sorts of posters that may lead to you having up on your walls soon if they're not there already? Honestly, I, I agree with them. This, this is kind of stupid. We're focusing all our time and energy on this when we have bigger issues to worry about. Having it up on the wall sounds like it might be a little troubling to you. It, it, just, it just seems off. It, it just doesn't feel right to uh, to be banning something when entire country was formed because freedom of speech. If they're 
talking about national expression, we already have United States and state flags in every classroom. I'm not quite sure why we need more posters showing the flags. It's just kind of redundant. It takes away the value of the flag to just throw it everywhere. It makes it seem like it's nothing more than a book just lying around. You're not 18 yet, Cecilia, but you will okay. be soon. The rest of y'all are going to be there sooner or later. And when you turn 18, you're going to be able to vote in this country. You guys looking forward to be ready to vote? Cecil, so we'll start with you because you're closest, and then we'll go back down in age to the farthest away. Well, I'm excited to be able to vote. It's a pretty important step into adulthood, and I like to be able to influence decisions like this flag thing. I would have voted yes for the rainbows in Arabic. That would have been a great decoration. I would have loved to see that school. I am not going to be able to vote till I am 20 years old because no elections line up. I turn 18 a week after the 2026 midpoints. I've watched the United States be run not as well as I know it could be. I look forward to potentially having a say in that. Potentially, I think everyone in this room knows I've been interested in running profits myself at some point in my life. I'd be interested in changing things, and I'm just really looking forward to it. And then, Casey, how about you? you got a few years to go, but yeah. you looking forward to it? Well, it's going to take me a while to be able to vote. I think I'm glad that I'll be able to vote because I could potentially have even a small influence on it on a big decision is worth it. That I agree with Camden on this, that I just want, I just want a smart guy to run this country. <laughs> very good. Well, thank you all very much for your time this afternoon and taking the time to think through some of the issues facing our schools here in North Texas. I appreciate it and uh, study hard in school and get good grades. In this episode of Coal Mind, I interviewed the kids at home, Cecilia, Camden, and Casey Cole. We talked about some legal issues of the day, about school district administration, and I think our conversation helps shed some fresh, new, and welcome light on those discussions. I look forward to more interviews with other folks around town in episodes to come, along with my own short analyses of federal and state law issues, especially those presented in the new post-Roe v. Wade constitutional environment. You can keep up with those episodes by subscribing to this podcast on any of the main directories, and if you like it, I encourage you to join other happy listeners and leave a kind five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate you listening, and I look forward to sharing with you again soon.